0: Okay. 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 Testing, testing. Yeah. Good. Hey, um, <laughs> I have, uh, I'm here to stand before you and confess today that um, I am someone who breaks things. I don't know if you're in this camp or not, but I, I'm a breaker. It all started when, in 1974, when my parents brought home a dishwasher and they didn't use that dishwasher for several years. And the dishwasher's name was Brian, which is me, right? And maybe some of you are in that place where you were the dishwasher in your family too. Anybody there? Yeah, a few, yeah. and uh, But the problem was I would break things, right? Sort of like a lot of things, like one or two every time I washed or dried. So uh, they started charging me for uh, dishes, which wasn't really good because I didn't really have any money. But um, it, at a very young age, I... I broke a lot of things, and, and so at about six or seven years old, we were, um, my brother and I have one brother who's just two years older, and, and uh, we were running around the house, it was a summer afternoon, I remember it very well, I was about six or seven, and my mom was outside in the back in the garden, and so whenever my mom was out of the house, then my older brother was in charge, right, you know how this works, right, and so <clears throat> we were playing around, and we ran into the living room, and it was one of those, like we both stopped, and and we looked. And my mom had this plant that she was so proud of. I'm sure in a godly Christian way, proud. But she was proud of this plant. And it was a hanging plant she'd taken a long time. And it was from the ceiling all the way down to the floor. And it was this beautiful thing. And I remember people would actually come over to look at her plant. Like, like that's how big a deal it was. Um, and so my brother says, we stop and we look at each other. And my brother says, I dare you to swing on that. <laughs> and I was like. Well, he's in charge, you know, no. <laughs> Plus the fact that at that age of my life, i if you dared me, I would do anything. So I jumped on like Tarzan and it was great. It was great swinging this way. It was awesome, you know, I felt strong. And then the way back was a little bit of a problem. And uh, the next thing I knew, bang, I was on the floor. Pieces of plant all around me, pieces of the pot all around me, dirt all over, you know, the soil all over the place. And it was one of those moments like, uh, there aren't very many of these in life, but you know what they're like, like, like all time stops for just like, you know, that little bit, just like, er! And I, I look up at my brother, and my brother looks at me, and we both kind of, and then, boom! We both take off running outside. And, and my brother's like, mom, mom, mom! And I'm like, he told me to, he told me to, you know. <laughs> my mom was so mad she didn't even spank me, because I think she realized she probably would have killed me if she did started. I usually got a spanking about once a day, but that, that time I did not. My mom was so mad. She, she, she took the pieces of the plant and made my brother go around to people's houses and give them like starters for this plant. So she was just like, get out of my house. So she was so mad. But I, I don't know about you, but I know about brokenness, right? I'm not just talking. But we also know that that's not how God wanted things to be. And the way we know that is just from the very beginning when God created things. He created them as he would want them to be. And so uh, most people know Genesis one one. So what, Genesis one: in the beginning, God created right, the heavens and the earth. And then actually maybe the more important verse is actually verse 2 in Genesis 1. And I don't, Does anybody know that verse by heart? Anybody? Didn't think so, but just thought I'd ask. Okay, we actually have it up here, but if you have your Bible and want to turn there, it might be helpful for you too it says, uh, the earth was formless and void and empty, is the New Living Translation. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, there's a picture here I want you to sort of get. It's really sort of important to what's going on in the story. Uh, There's this emptiness, this darkness... And basically, and, and it says the Spirit of God was there hovering over the waters. That word waters, that word they use there for waters in Hebrew, is also can be translated into chaos or the abyss or deep water. Um, and, and to this day, that's part of the reason, like, Orthodox Jews do not, like, there's no water sports going on, right? They, they're taught from a very young age that this word water, that this chaos, that there's something sort of foreboding about it. There's a fear there of this water because it represents chaos and all these things. And the picture here is that in the midst of all this chaos, you have God's spirit hovering over it. And then you guys know the story from Genesis 1 and 2 that God begins to reach out of the chaos and brings the pull out and create. And out of that creation, he creates things and he says, they are what? What's the word? And it is good, right? And that word good is different than our word good, right? Because our word good, we, like if we say, how was your day? You might say, well, it was good. Which doesn't mean great, it just means sort of good, right? But in this case, what good is perfect. It's beautiful. It's whole. It's how things should be. Like, perfectly created exactly right. That's what that word good means in, in this case. So, God created all these things, and they're good. They're beautiful. They're perfect. Uh, this, this sense, if, if you can, the, the word here, the sort of concept here is wholeness, that everything is one. And the Hebrew word for one is ihad, which is kind of fun to say because, of course, sort of spit, and you get an excuse to spit on somebody. So if you want to say it, go ahead, and say it, ihad. Go ahead. There you go. Nice. Okay. And so it's one. But here's the, here's the deal. The concept here is that everything is complete and whole and one. And see, but we know the story, too, that what Adam and Eve chose and what all of us would choose if we were in that same spot was to put ourselves before anything else, Right? And so what happens is that brings brokenness. Yes? Brings brokenness. And it brought brokenness in that case. And so in the, throughout the, what we call the Old Testament, throughout all of that, you need to understand the concept for sin is a, is a concept of brokenness. It's not, sometimes we talk about sin and we sort of think about shame and guilt and, uh, but really what well, the concept is just what was whole is made broken. I think we all understand what that's like in real life. Yes? Yes. Things are broken. In fact, with my kids, we talk about this and we use this hand symbol. If you want to do it, you can, you don't have to. But we say sometimes things are supposed to be whole, but occasionally we see things and they're broken, right? So my son, Jared, and I, we were talking about this one day, and like the very next day, we were at Walmart and we were in the parking lot walking, and we heard this mom. She's just screaming at her kid. There are some things, you know, you sort of shouldn't be privy to. Seeing, but we sort of hurt, we were walking by the car, and this mom's just screaming at her kid, just going on and on. And Jared just turns to me and goes, "Broken." And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that's that's broken. That's broken." But see, here's the thing: God, from the earth, to us, to to man, to to humankind. Uh, Psalms. There's all these scriptures in there, but here's just one: Psalm one fifteen, sixteen, 16. I think it's up here. Um, I think if I just keep pointing there. The, no, that's not it. Next one, maybe. There it goes. The heavens belong to the Lord, or to God, it says, but, the, but he has given the earth to all humanity. See, there's this sense from creation that God created all these things and they were as he wanted them to be. They were whole and they were right. And God said to man, if you look back in Genesis, the, command, the first command he gives to, to mankind is to take care of this earth, right? To be fruitful and multiply and take care of what God has given him. And so our job is to take care of all of this around us, to to keep it as whole. But, of course, what happened is we brought brokenness. And so part of the difficulty here is we have this mess, right, this chaos, this brokenness. But part of our job is to, to bring wholeness. But here's the thing. We can't do it, right? We can't do it by ourselves. And the good news is throughout from Genesis on, God continues with this promise. I will never leave you. He promises, in fact, from the very beginning, if you read throughout the Old Testament, through the prophets and everything else, there's this promise again and again that God would send someone very specifically to help bring wholeness to what was broken. And so we have this concept of of brokenness, but God's not going to leave us alone to to do this by ourselves, to bring things back together. There's a promise, and, and, and they refer to that as the Messiah, yes, throughout the Old Testament. And so this promised Messiah, his job was to bring wholeness back to what was broken. Now, what we see in the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. There's a little snapshot here I want to give you, and there's some other cases I can show you too. But just one little snapshot I want to show you uh, from Matthew chapter 3. And we know this passage well, most of us, if we've grown up in church. We, we've heard it before. But it talks about Jesus, and, and he, I'm, I'm going to read from mine. It'll be a little bit different from here, but close enough. Th- then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Now, John had been there sort of baptizing people, and so Jesus comes. John tried to stop him. You're coming to me. I, I ought to be baptized by you. However, Jesus answered him. He said, let it be this way now because we should do everything righteousness required. Then John led him. Now, before I go on, let me say a couple of things. One, understand the audience here. That most of the people, there's a lot of people hanging out here, but almost all of them would have been good Jewish people. Now, why that matters is this. Because all good Jewish people know Scripture, Okay in that day your job by the time you were 12 years old you would have memorized the first five books of the bible genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy okay by the time you were 12 everybody learned that okay they used the torah the first five books they used it to teach their kids how to read how to write history math science all that stuff they used that to teach them so they know the text they know the scripture really well just one two they would know they would have an understanding, a concept of that. Now, now look at this picture. See what happens here. As Jesus had been immersed, he came up out of the water. Remember, water, chaos, abyss, just like the picture in the beginning. He comes up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and what was there? The Spirit of God coming down upon him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I loved, I am well pleased with him. You see what's happening here? The people there, can you imagine, they would have seen this and, and recognized water. And Jesus enters the water, and when he comes out, who's there? It says God's spirit is there, just like in the beginning, just like in, in Genesis 1-2, God's spirit is there. And, and part of what Jesus is saying, and then he, there's this voice from heaven, part of what's going on here is God saying, this is the one this is the messiah the one who has come to bring wholeness out of brokenness out of chaos to bring something good and so what does god say this is my son whom i love with him i am well pleased right this is good what's going on here is a good thing and then throughout jesus life he he takes on this role of bringing wholeness to brokenness he heals right the blind see the dead are raised things that are broken are made whole again and we see this ultimately in Jesus' death and resurrection, right? Because ultimately, the furthest thing that sin leads us to, the, f- the most broken we get, is this place where we're pushed off from everyone else, where everyone b- betrays and denies us, where we're killed, right? Where, where death actually happens to us. Jesus enters even into that brokenness. And out of that brings good, yes? He conquers that in the resurrection. And what was broken is made whole again. Now, I don't, I don't, I know some of you, but I don't really know all of you, and I, I don't know all your stuff. But I know this: there's plenty of brokenness around us. Yes. And, and I don't know what's specifically broken for you. I don't know what the chaos is in your life. But can you hear today, just? that Jesus has come to enter into your chaos, enter into the brokenness to bring wholeness. And and there's a really important distinction here that I want to make sure that that we're hearing together. And that's this, that the promise isn't that that God's going to sweep in and pull you out of your chaos into some magical fairyland where everything goes exactly as you want, right? That's not the promise. Nor is it a promise that he's going to sweep in and take all the mess away from you and it'll just be totally gone like that not the promise the promise is he's going to join us in the midst of the chaos and that's hard sometimes yeah because we'd much rather him just sweep it all away right there it goes gone taken care of be great wouldn't it (laughs) or that he just take us away to some magical fairyland where everything i want them to be because clearly i'm right (laughs) but that's not the case the promise here is that god would enter into the chaos with us that he would enter into the brokenness but out of that brokenness, he would bring something good and whole and right. Again, I don't know what that looks like for you. I, I think there are a couple invitations in this. Maybe one of them is just for some of us just to open ourselves up to say, God, I, I want to recognize where you are working because I feel a lot of brokenness in my life, a lot of chaos. And whether that's inside you, whether that's just your stuff that you're dealing with, or whether it's the relationships around you, or whether it's just sort of the systems in the world that you're around that you just say, this isn't right, this is messed up. So maybe part of it is just opening our hearts to say, God, where are you at work? Help me to see that. Help me to join you in that. Maybe for some of us it's this this realization that everywhere we go, we leave some brokenness. And that's sort of difficult to admit, but if we can just be honest with each other for a minute, maybe just in our hearts with God and us, there are lots of places where we leave brokenness, right? And I don't know about you, but there are relationships in my life that, that you know, especially in the past, I, I know I've done a lot of broken, you know, bro- broken a lot of things. I'm not just talking about glasses or plants, right? But I'm talking about real things that matter. But do you hear the invitation here that, that God's saying, I'm going to enter into that with you and bring wholeness. For some of us, you know, I'm a I'm a parent, and I know that sometimes there are habits, and maybe there are habits that we've inherited from our parents or for some, from somewhere else, but there are things that we do sometimes to bring brokenness even to our kids. And maybe some of that today is just to recognize that we bring that brokenness and ask God to bring wholeness to that, to bring us to a place where we can move past those broken habits into something that's better and whole. Maybe for some of us it's issues of anger, where we out of anger we've said some things or done some things that, I've brought a lot of chaos. Maybe we didn't mean them or whatever else, but maybe we can just ask God to begin to enter into that time of anger, to bring wholeness again. Maybe it's relationships. I'm sure nobody in here can relate to this, but from time to time I've been known to sort of keep a scorecard, right, in relationships. Oh, this person wronged me this many times. Instead of just forgiving them and allowing God to bring wholeness to that, I, I sort of keep the scorecard right, but maybe part of what the invitation today is that we rip up that scorecard and just say it 's gone, and let God bring wholeness to what 's broken, wholeness to brokenness i don 't know where we are today i, I don 't know maybe part of it for us today is just the the call that we join God in bringing wholeness to what 's broken. You know, sometimes we like to just sort of sit back and say, man, that that my friend here, he's really screwing up. This is going to be fun to watch. But, they, I mean, he's really screwing up, right? And we just sort of let them keep making the choices that are going to lead to lots of destruction and chaos and brokenness. But maybe part of our job is to actually enter into that with them and say, you know, this decision here maybe not so good. <laughs> Let's talk about this a little bit. And it takes some courage because they may very well say, well, mind your own business. Or I can't believe you said that to me. But I think part of what it means to to be a follower of Jesus is to follow him into the brokenness of some of the things around us and and help to bring what's right and good. Not of our own strength, right? But of God's. But I hope you hear this today, this invitation to to join wholeness from what was broken. Today we're gonna take uh, communion together and and part of what the way we do it here is intinction, where you actually it means you actually when you come up, you'll tear off a piece of the bread yourself and dip it into the into the juice and, and take it right then. And part of what that act is about is is recognizing that Jesus was broken for us to bring wholeness. That, that we actually rep- remember as we tear the bread that this was Jesus' body broken for us, and as we dip it into the cup that it's his blood shed for us because he knows what it's like to be broken, because he entered into the furthest depths of brokenness and chaos that we can imagine, and out of that brought something good. So the invitation today as you come is to come and, and take part in that, not, not as a just something to do, but as a way to say, God, I recognize that I have brokenness. And I, and I recognize that you're involved in that. And I want to bring wholeness. I want to accept the wholeness that you can bring. We're going to pray in just a second. And, and as we do, the, the, the communion stewards will come and Max will come. But I want to just invite you with me to do two things. One is just to say, may, maybe with your hands open like this, if you can do this as we pray, just to say, God, I, I want to give you... This is a posture of giving. I want to give you what's broken. And it's also a posture of receiving. And I want to receive the wholeness that you have for me. So if, if you're comfortable doing this, and, and I'm, I'm going to pray with us, and then we'll, we'll do that together. Let's pray. God, we, we love you. We thank you that you understand what brokenness is. We're, we're thankful that you haven't left us alone to, to put the pieces back together. We're thankful that you're the God who can truly bring wholeness, not sort of super glue and duct tape wholeness, but the real kind of wholeness to things that are broken in our lives. So we give those broken things over to you, the pieces, the scars, the chaos. We, we just we give it to you and ask that you would enter into that with us. And we accept the wholeness that you offer us. We accept the the mending of relationships, the mending of of our spirit, the forgiveness. We accept that today. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and for what he means to us and for this way that we can live in. We pray these things.